Well, I'm glad to welcome you to our, our new Sunday School class period. We are studying the, uh, the subject of evangelism, and today I wanted to, uh, to uh, introduce the subject, tell you why we wanted to, uh, to teach on this subject, and to set the stage a little bit. I want to share some resources. Uh, I'd like to, uh, to engage a little bit with you and to have a little bit of, of dialogue back and forth so that uh, you can know that we're hitting on, on good subjects. And I know that the subject of evangelism can be one that is either misunderstood or can, can cause people to, uh, to sometimes be even uncomfortable. And I think that there may be some reasons for that that go into what it is we think evangelism is. And so I'm going to discuss that a little bit. So just to get things flowing a little bit today, I want to ask a question. I want to ask, uh, when I say the word evangelism, what comes to your mind? Good. So door to door and what would happen going door to door? Good, good. What else comes to your mind? Mm hmm yeah. Great. Something on campus where there's an opportunity to engage with individuals that are there. Dan. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm hmm Yeah, good. Surprised no one mentioned a crusade or a large evangelistic event. Talk a little bit about that later, but that's, uh, that's something that often comes to mind. Uh, I also think uh, about the, uh, the, the regular preaching of God's word that takes place in the context of the, uh, of the normal weekly meetings of the church. So you can hear me do that later today. Uh, you've heard me do that in, in different messages in First Peter. I think that that's part of evangelism. I also think about the, the, the raising of our children. There's a, an aspect of gospel ministry that takes place in a very, a very uh, normal rhythm of the life of, of the family. Well, I'm glad to hear these types of descriptions because more often than not, when I speak about evangelism, it seems like people get uncomfortable or they feel awkward or something like that. So I see some, uh, see some nods. What is it that makes you uncomfortable? What, why is it that evangelism may frighten you or, or make you feel uh, uncomfortable? Abigail?
Mm-hmm. What are some of the reactions that you imagine? What are the, what's the worst that could happen? Ah, uh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, so they're going to pull out some argument against Christianity that you think that you might not be able to answer, okay? What are other fears or what are the things that make you uncomfortable? Nick? Yeah. Yeah. Just the whole setup of that situation is that you're, you're talking to somebody that you've never met before, and it's a little bit of an awkward situation. You've come to their doorstep. Um, you're not exactly sure what you might meet on the doorstep, uh, how they will react, things like that. Good. What else? Uh, Vicky and Dan. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely want to talk about that, the idea that I'm going to say something wrong. I'm going to mess it up. And this is eternal consequences here, and I may not be able to answer correctly, or I'll do something wrong. What you, Dan? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, so the idea of rejection, the idea of it, is this the right time for this to happen? Uh, am I... Am I intruding, or is it, uh, is it unnatural for me to just talk about the gospel right now? And uh, in both of these, I hope to, uh, hope to bring these up in the coming weeks. I'm not going to address all of these questions here the, uh, the first morning. But Sam, I saw you raising your hand as well. Yeah, just the very uh, nature of, of there being a stranger. Uh, I don't know if uh, COVID has accentuated this, but <laughs> the idea of talking to anybody in the first place is a foreign idea, let alone uh, talking to a stranger. Vicki? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. It, it really is, and, and I'm hoping to really expand your definition of evangelism so that you'll see it. it's not just 
proclaiming that good news or, or turning a conversation with someone to eternal matters, to the gospel, someone you don't know, but it also happens in the context of very familiar things, too. Abigail. Oh, <laughs> I took your... <laughs> Yes. I'm actually going to say some words from that. I, I taught from uh, this book, and, and I want to open with it today because, of the, because I think it dispels some of those fears. And the title is Get Real by John Leonard. And it has the, uh, you know, how books will have a title and then a, a longer t title as well. So it's, its title is Get Real, subtitled Sharing Your Everyday Faith Every Day. And on the cover, it also has, uh, as if the author was, uh, was, had uh, several different titles that it was going to, to use, and, and it has Get, get Better, and then it has a line through it, uh, that's not right. Uh, get Perfect, uh, no, 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 that's not right. Get It Done. Uh, uh, it's not quite right. Uh, get it right. Get going. No, no. So, and the title is "Get Real." But even on the on the cover, you can begin to sense the way in which the author is heading. John Leonard. Have a. I, I've loaned out my copy of it. I I was going to uh, to demonstrate it. I may have put one in our church library. We can check after, uh, after church here to see. Uh, while I'm at it, I'll share a couple of other resources if you want to follow along. Uh, so this is titled 10 Modern Evangelism Myths, A Biblical Corrective by Ryan Denton. And this is a, a recent publication that uh, Reformation Heritage Books has. And just as a for instance, uh, theology doesn't matter when evangelizing. The myth. Uh, evangelism is unsuccessful if no one is converted. That's a myth. The uh, uh, hell should be left out of evangelism. The myth. Reformed Christians don't evangelize. Uh, that's a myth. And it ought to be a myth, although there is something that seems to stick with that, uh, with that myth. And uh, we'll come to that again in the future. Uh, the other book that I'll share is called Evangelism in a Skeptical World uh, that is by uh, Sam Chan. And uh, I... I'm reading through this book right now and finding some, I think, very helpful things that address the, really, the unchangeable subject of the, the truth of the gospel, uh, the enduring word of God never changes, and the way of salvation has always been and always will be faith in Jesus Christ alone, and that is the only way that, uh, that men and women can go to heaven. But the, the culture we live in does change. And this is one reason why, uh, or another reason why we as a session wanted to cover this topic is just an acknowledgement that the world that we live in is very different than the world we lived in 20 years ago. Uh, 
uh, let alone five years ago. So there's some things that have changed. Ted, I want to invite you to talk about that too. What are some things that have changed in our culture that, that may inform the way in which we share the gospel? How has that changed? How have smartphones and social media changed the way in which we engage with people? Yeah. And people are more comfortable interacting through a screen rather than face-to-face, which, uh, which has some interesting dynamics to it. Jonathan? Yes, yeah. The narrative that Christianity is actually bad, that it is something invented to curtail the freedoms of individuals. And, and, and that has a, a, an element of truth that has run throughout the world's history, but it does seem to kind of rise up where you would once say that the United States of America had, had a sense that there is a God, that God is righteous, and that we are not, and that something needs to happen so that we can go to heaven. Uh, and that was, uh, uh, we lived in something of a Christian America. We live in a, in a non-Christian, uh, increasingly non-Christian America these days, and a world that is skeptical, at least, if not increasingly hostile, as Jonathan has said. We're talking about some things that have changed in our, our world over the last uh, decade or two that would, uh, would, would uh, lead us to think about evangelism. So, Dan. Yeah. 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 Yeah, as I as I said Although it's not not just skeptical, it's it's very hostile, and and there's seems like more of the spirit of the age to be in your face and and uh, to deny and accuse the church, the Bible, God for everything that is wrong with the world. Yes. Yeah. 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 The self has become the measure of all things. That too runs throughout all of history, going all the way back to the Garden of Eden. I, I am the arbiter of, of the truth, and I'm the one who decides. But there is something about 
our culture today that really does seem to elevate the self above all, uh, all other authorities. Any other thoughts on that? And I want to turn your attention to a couple of things that will, I, I hope, again, continue to set the stage here. <laughs> wants my coffee, but I don't think she's ready for it. So I'm going to read a passage from Mark chapter 5. I'll lead you along to see why there, this is a passage that, that I like to turn to when I think about evangelism. Mark chapter 5, I'll just begin with verse 1, reading 1 through 20. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gadarenes. And when he had come out of the boat, immediately... There met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains. And the chains had been pulled apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces. Neither could anyone tame him. And always, night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying out and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshipped him. He cried out with a loud voice and said, what have, I do to, what have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. For he said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is your name? And he answered, saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. Also, he begged him earnestly that he would not send him out of the country. Now, a large herd of swine was feeding there in the mountains. So all the demons begged him, saying, send us uh, to the swine that we may enter them. And at once, Jesus gave them permission. And the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine, or about 2,000. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea and drowned in the sea. Those who fed the, the swine fled, and they told it to the city and in the country, told it in the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. Then they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who saw it told them how it happened to him who had been demon-possessed, and about the swine. And they began to plead with him to depart from their region. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Jesus did not permit him, but said, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. He departed and began to proclaim and to Decapolis, all that Jesus had done for him, and all marveled. So this passage highlights a, a, a couple of things about the gospel that I want to call your attention to this morning. Uh, 
the first of them is that the, the gospel is ultimately a confrontation with Jesus, that the gospel has to do with, with your relationship to God that, that comes by faith in Jesus Christ. And that really is the, the watershed decision of the gospel. What will you do with Jesus? You can see that in this man's first reaction. Out of the mouth of the man, the voice of the demons speak in a denial of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's interesting that they bow down before him. They prostrate themselves. The New King James uh, translates that worship. Um, the, the word uh, worship we often have in mind the, uh, the act of faith and of believing, but here the demons are not worshiping him, giving him reverence and, and their expression of trust, but they are bowing before him as the one who has authority over all things. And that authority is demonstrated by the fact that he casts them out and uh, casts them into the, uh, into the swine who then, then kill themselves. The point being here is that there's a confrontation with, with Jesus and that evangelism is ultimately not about us, not about uh, our ability to say it right or do it right or to have the right timing, but to bring people face-to-face with Jesus and to... Uh, Invite them to call them to uh, to lay before them the blessings of repentance and and faith in Jesus. And I like this passage too because if I were going out evangelizing, looking for those that might be welcome to the gospel, uh, I, I don't think I would go out into the tombs looking for the crazy guy who is breaking chains. I would think he's too far gone. I would think there's, there's no power in heaven that would ever reach this individual. Even as I say it that way, maybe I'm betraying some of my own concepts about evangelism, uh, some of my own misconceptions about it, that it does depend on me, uh, and, and betraying the, the power of God in the gospel, that it is, it is Jesus who saves. And so bringing Jesus to people might be one way you begin to think about evangelism, uh, to think about how to direct a conversation, whether it be in, in the, the normal rhythms of life in your family, do you have family worship, whether it be an, an example that happens in your life where you, uh, where you say, wow, that, was, uh, that reminds me of the goodness of God. And you talk about that with those that uh, are at lunch with you, Christian or not Christian, uh, or, or through manufactured opportunities where you actually go to, uh, to speak to people and are intentional about that. So that, that first principle that I'm hoping to uh, bring before us in this 
series uh, of lessons on evangelism is that uh, we are we're sharing Jesus with people, and that that is the watershed moment. That's that's what evangelism is about. The second thing that I want you to see is at the end that the man who is converted becomes an evangelist as well, and. His desire upon his conversion is to go and be with Jesus, to be part of his work. And I love that. And, and that's, that is our desire as well. We want to be with Jesus. We want to be part of, of his work, of his kingdom. And yet Jesus says no, which is really interesting here. But not a no in a way that says you can't be my disciple, you can't be part of my kingdom. But no, in a way that's, that implies, I have a different job for you to do. And the job I have for you is to go home and tell how much God has done for you. To go and tell what you have received and to share that with others, which the man does. He goes and all around his city he begins to, to, to tell how much God has, has done for him. And I want you to think about that as well, because it is something of a, of a glorious task that God has given to all of us, uh, a glorious task uh, because it is bringing Jesus to those who are lost. And it is as simple as telling what God has done for you. That's what Jesus told the, this healed man to do, to go home and tell how much God has done for you. And I like the way that John Piper describes this aspect of evangelism. I, I've shared this before, but let's, let's dwell on this a little bit. So John Piper describes evangelism as, uh, as commending what you love. Commending what you love. So I know that some of you are fans of Oklahoma State University sporting events. I know that some of you really, really, really love the Lord of the Rings novels. Uh, How do I know that? You talk about it. (laughs) It it comes up naturally in conversations. Did you see the score? Did you see that touchdown? Uh, Did you see their flop Uh, (laughs) uh, in sports? Uh, I just read the part in The Lord of the Rings where where the siege of Gondor takes place and Gandalf stands at the gate against the Witch King. Let's listen to it together. (laughs) That happened just this week, by the way. (laughs) What are some other things that you love that you naturally talk about? Again, I want to draw you into this discussion. What are some, uh, beyond the gospel, what are some things that you naturally enjoy talking about that you find yourself that the conversation turns there a lot. Okay, Star Trek. 
Bien. <laughs> yeah. There's an interesting, uh, Sam Chan talks a little bit about this in conversation as that there are different levels of our conversation and, and the weather is a safe topic. And there, there's, and because of that, there's a, a way that you can, can begin to talk about things and, and eventually sometime go to a deeper level. Yeah, yeah. Abigail. Sure. Being in Tornado Alley often spawns some questions. Have you ever seen a tornado when I, when I go other places? Have you seen a tornado? No. Ah. <laughs> Kansas, definitely, yes, yeah. I think we actually get more tornadoes than Kansas does, but the Wizard of Oz has made it popular. Everybody knows that Kansas gets tornadoes. What else do you like to talk about? Cooking, that is a, a, one of the, uh, it's actually another one of those areas that is a common, is, a, uh, is on that level where there's a, a safety to talk about these things. Yeah, good. Coffee. <laughs> What's that? Kids, yeah. Yeah. Mary. Say it again. Science. Uh, I just I just found this out this week about the way carbon molecules pop. Good. Well, that's a, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all of those examples suggest that uh, it's a dangerous world in which we live. You can't even talk about the weather without getting in trouble. <laughs> so, so don't be afraid. <laughs> uh, you're going to get in trouble whatever you say. <laughs> oh, I laugh a little bit, but there is some truth in it. And, and I hope that you might see even those turns of a conversation into into more difficult matters as, as opportunities to say, you know, uh, I, I am really concerned about our environment. Uh, I am really concerned about, uh, about the state of uh, relationships between the Sooners and the Cowboys <laughs> and the state of their souls. <laughs> uh, I'm not making light. I'm, I'm hopefully leading you along to say there are ways to, uh, to talk about serious things 
and to talk about them in a, in a natural way, just as natural as you might share something that, that you are really enthusiastic about. At the heart of that means you need to be enthusiastic about the gospel, about what you have received yourself, that, that you've received grace. And part of what we will do in the next couple of weeks is to just remind you of what you have received. So if you, um, if you commend what you love, Piper goes on to say the negative of that. What would the negative of that be? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that you don't commend what you, what you don't love. You don't talk about the things that you don't uh, care about. Yeah, yeah. Abigail, you want to add to that? Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah. One thing that you brought up there that I did, if I'm, if I'm not doing this, am I dishonoring God? And a good place for us here to, to say that, uh, that evangelism is often approached and is often taught from a posture of, of guilt motivation and I want to be careful there. Uh, I don't want I don't want to approach the subject of evangelism and 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 guilt you as as if you're um, as if you're less of a Christian if you don't get into the short line at the grocery store, the ten items or less, and share the gospel by the time you get to the checkout. That sometimes how it's presented, as if uh, every single breath that you speak has to say, uh, are you a Christian, are you a Christian, are you a Christian? But there is a consequence, the things that you love you speak of, and so stirring that up, I do pray that it will become more of a common conversation for you, not out of guilt, but out of, uh, out of really... Uh, Amazement out of out of appreciation for for what God has done. Does that make sense? Yeah. If it comes up, raise your hand again. says, I want to make sure to get those. Uh, you said something else. That's, uh, I wonder if you're looking over my shoulder. So <laughs> you do have <laughs> Evangelism is often presented as a, uh, as a method or a model, and it must be done this way. And if, you're, if you don't do it that way, then you're not evangelizing.
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well said. Uh, that's in the very first chapter of Leonard's book. Uh, if you have that or uh, if you check it out, uh, you'll read about a time where he had been invited to speak at, a, at an event. And, and as he was, uh, he went in early or something like that and is cornered by, by someone who, uh, who, who was all geared up with his, with his method and, and uh, innocence, cornered him, shared the gospel with him without uh, uh, listening to him and even um, finding out that he actually was a believer, that he was there to speak. <laughs> uh, um, didn't know any of those things and and shared the gospel, kind of blurted it out and, and walked away almost as if to say, I'm glad that's over. Uh, and um, maybe you've had that feeling as well, that, uh, that you've shared the gospel and you uh, think, I've done my duty, I'm glad that's over. Um, and again, I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, to encourage you not to think of it as a fearful task or something that, uh, that you're guilty uh, if you're not engaged in these things. So a quote from John Leonard. <clears throat> One reason that we're so reluctant to evangelize is because we believe that evangelism is doing what this man did, imposing ourselves on others and leaving people cowering, feeling unimportant, used, and violated. And we, we equate evangelism with selling. To have the gift of evangelism, it seems you either have, you either need to have a personality of a used car salesman, or the capability to lead someone to Christ while in the ten items or less lane at your local supermarket. If this is what you believe evangelism requires, I can't blame you for not wanting to evangelize. So, uh, part of my purpose and part of my hope is to e- expand your understanding maybe even correct your understanding of what evangelism is and to, to see uh, what Leonard is getting at is that the, the dialogue that, that brings people face-to-face with Jesus is one that takes a lot of different forms uh, and it, it, takes, it takes listening and it takes engagement and that will help us as well as we think about the way our world has changed. So there's an unchanging truth of the gospel, unchanging truth of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. But the, the place we meet people and the place we engage people has uh, changed in whole scale ways. And that takes practice for us to, to listen and to find out what the, the places are 
where people say, ouch, when you touch them. Uh, and you help them to see where Jesus enters uh, or where Jesus stands there as the, as the Savior. Well, we've rambled around on several uh, topics there. Let me close by asking if you have uh, questions or things that you hope that we might address in a subject like this. Seeing none, let me close us in prayer then. Father, we do love you. We love that you have loved us, that you would send your own son to be our savior. And you have loved us so much that you would give your spirit to grant new life to hearts that were stone. Lord, in realizing what you have done for us and out of love for what you have done for us, I pray that you would make us to be lights in our community. And I pray that these, uh, this subject of evangelism would be one that we, we think about more often. We would be more proactive about it, uh, that we would be more prayerful about it. For, Lord, you have given us a precious seed to carry out and to sow around us. Pray that we would return with joy, bringing in the sheaves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.